Hey everyone, this is Christopher Luxon, the former CEO of Air New Zealand. This is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. This is Tracy Ibarra. I'm an executive solutions at Dell Technologies. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change, to navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Matt, a massive welcome to you to the show. Oh, thank you, Dennis. Great to be here. I'm enjoying this. It's first time talking to someone on the other side of the world in podcast format. So this is very exciting for me. Awesome. Whereabouts are you based? Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool, England. Yeah, Liverpool, England. Yeah. And of course, you support Liverpool Football Club? Of course, of course. Actually, there's a funny story. You know, I went to university in the in the 90s and I chose Liverpool University. I, did, I wasn't born in Liverpool. Like I came to Liverpool in the early 90s. I chose the university not because of the grading of the school, not because of the outstanding structures, not really because of the core structure, if I'm honest with you. The only reason I chose the university was so I could be closer to Liverpool Football Club. <laughs> nice. So whole life about where he's going to go in life and career and then he thinks about the football club. That's awesome. Well done. Yeah, yeah. You- Put your football club first and everything else seems to take care of itself. Everything That's else will follow, yes. Nice. <laughs> Very That's good. not a real-life motto, but it, it just happened to work out in this Yeah, occasion. Most people set the goal and everything will happen and go for it. Nope, I'm going to be near my football club and that sort of thing. Absolutely. So, Matt, I've given the listeners a little bit of a background about you. Tell me more about you. So I, like I said, live in Liverpool. I've been here, like I say, since the early 90s. I'm married to the most beautiful lady on the planet, happily married for over 20 years. I have three amazing kids. I still get on really well with my kids, have a great relationship with my kids. So for me, that means I'm successful, I suppose, in a lot of ways. And yeah, I just, I love my life. I run my own businesses. We do e-commerce, kind of stumbled into it by accident, as you do. It's funny you mentioned about most people, they want they set a goal and they chase after it. That is, I could almost write a book called The Ungoal Life or something like that, because it's definitely not my story, at least not my usual story. Stumbled into e-commerce and built and sold my first e-commerce business in 2002. Fell in love with the whole thing. And here I am almost 20 years later still doing it. Well, that's that's awesome, man. So yeah, maybe the goal, the book could be Setting Goals Sucks. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I like your title better. Yeah, yeah. let's use that one. <laughs> mm. And so when you said, you know, about success in life and so forth, it's really amazing what success means to a lot of people. I worked for a guy when I was living in Greece for five years, a billionaire. I had 30 companies under his group and things like that. But everywhere he went, he would have two bodyguards go beforehand for a couple of hours, checking things out, had six guys around him all the time, couldn't go to the bathroom without the guys going in and checking first. And I'm like, is that really success? I don't know. I mean, it's it's really amazing. And and then you talk about what you're talking about, about your kids and family life and things like that, and that is maybe success. And I'm like, yep. I mean, it depends for everybody, but it's sometimes it's just the simple things in life that make you successful. 
It is. I think it comes down to clarifying what it is that's important to you and making sure that actually you succeed there first. Nice. It became apparent to me early on in my career, I wasn't, I was in my early 20s, and we have this thing in the UK called the Times Top 10 Rich List. Yep. And it lists out the, the wealthiest people in the UK. Well, at the time, I designed and installed quite luxurious health spas, you know, like saunas and steam rooms and things like that. This was sort of pre-internet days. And so I would spend a lot of my time designing spas and laying them out. And I got to know a lot of the people on the Times Rich List, on the Times mm. Top Rich List. In fact, at one point in time, a large chunk of them were in my mobile phone and I could call them up and I would talk to them. I've been on their private jets. I've been in their very expensive ski chalets. I've been in their very expensive homes. I've seen art which costs tens of millions of pounds on the wall and do you know what one of the things that was sort of common to all of them was none of them really succeeded where their family was concerned oh and I, wow and it absolutely fascinated me a lot of them had estranged kids or they'd been divorced many times and it's like i appreciated they worked hard and they succeeded from a wealth point of view but for me success is more than just about money i have this thing the sort of the five areas of my life that I look at. And that's just one of them. So I learned this very early on. It's not just about the money. You've got to succeed in other areas as well. And yeah, I, I'm glad I learned that lesson young. Let me tell you. Yeah, wow. That's fascinating. And I think massive lessons for you and learning from from those kind of people and stepping back and actually reflecting on their lives and so forth. But yeah, it's not always just about money. Hmm, interesting. How did you get into leadership? Again, I think it's more by... More by accident, I think fundamentally one of the, the lessons you learn in life very quickly is actually if you're going to do well in anything, you need to work with people. As much as, you know, the digital nomad, I can work by myself on a beach lifestyle appeals to a lot of people. The reality of it is if you want to build a company, you have to work with people. And so leadership then becomes one of those things that you have to do. You have to learn. You have to learn it if you want to build a business. You have to learn it if you want to build a family. You have to learn it if you want to better yourself in any way, because self-leadership is one of those things that is a super important topic, mastery of self. So leading yourself, your family, your kids, do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter what sphere you're in, sports, you know, we're talking about Liverpool Football Club. Liverpool Football Club is the epitome of phenomenal leadership right now. And so you've got to get on with people. You've got to work with people and you have to lead people if you want to achieve something more than just, you know, what you can do with your own skills and talents. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, and the football club is an example. And I think a lot of businesses and even right down to family units, if I can put it that way, if you see a well-oiled machine or an organization whereby it does come down to people and it goes really well and, and comes along, it's amazing where it goes and the performance, the productivity, the experience, the fun, the love, mm -hmm. all of that has been shared. It's really amazing to see how that comes along. When an organization or a family or something unit is not going well, it mm. really, really, really shows and sticks out. Yeah, it does. Mm, it does indeed. Now, you may have many of these people here, and it could be in those people, those rich listers that are on your mobile phone previously. This person could be alive or from history, but who's your favorite leader and why? Without getting too political or religious, I suppose, the, for me, historically, the most impactful leader in all of world history has to be Christ. Do you know I mean? For me, it's an undisputable fact. And so... If there's one guy I could, I wish I could sit down and have a cup of coffee with, do mm. you know what I mean, or, or, or enjoy a chippy lunch or something like that, it would be Jesus without any shadow of any doubt. And I, I think 
the spread of Christianity, but both from, uh, you know, it's good points and it's bad points. Don't get me wrong. I, I, there's lots of horror stories, but there's lots of great stories with it as well. For me, that, that's got to be the one. Mm. I mean, I'd love, don't get me wrong, I'd love to sit down with Churchill. I'd love to, do you know what I mean? There's certain people that I would really enjoy sitting down with that have sort of come through history's yeah. stories. But he, for me, Christ would be the one that I'd be like, yeah, okay, that's the first conversation I want to have. Conversation? What do you reckon you would ask? How did you take, in effect, what was 12 ordinary people and change the world history? And in fact, when you think about it, it wasn't really 12, it was 11, because one of them betrayed him. Hmm. And uh, you know what I mean? So you, you've got 11, some of whom we know a fair bit about from history, some of whom we know real very little about. But how did you take 12 ordinary people and lead them in such a way that the whole of history was subsequently changed? Because I, the whole thing today in modern industry is you've got to hire the superstar, right? You've got to, you, you work in the digital industry. Well, I work in the digital industry. And there is a massive emphasis on, on recruiting the best possible talent. You know, we go and get the best people and we'll pay the crazy salaries and we get the best people to offer the best service. But here was a mob where that didn't seem to happen. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It was just regular Joes, regular. How do you turn ordinary people into extraordinary people? Yeah. And, and I thought that would be for me one of the key questions. I'm pretty much entrepreneurial. I started in the sales field. So I was a sales rep selling industrial products, services. I had a large territory, pretty much all of New Zealand. So what I learned from there is I learned a number of things that sales are the wealth creators of companies. That's the first thing I learned, especially if you work for an American company. They really look after you. <laughs> you can bring in the goods and the money. But my background was built on sales. The foundation was built on sales. I developed it. I learned techniques and skills. And I honed in my particular skills and actually creating their wealth and building up relationships. That's what I learned. So a bit about myself, I went into business on a number of times. We created a large company, a big IT training company, probably towards the end of the 80s. And we caught the wave, you know, where people going to computers they need to be trained on it. So we actually caught their wave and created a large wealth. And I learned about leadership. I learned about large numbers of staff and what that incorporates and what that entails. But I'll speak more about that later on about staff. And I learned the technology at an early age, because right now technology is everywhere. So I've lived in Egypt for two years, Middle East, Saudi for a year, Philippines for two years up in China. So I've been around and I went from sales and I really delved into the international side of business. I speak a number of foreign languages, which is very helpful, but also being Maori, being culture, you can actually accept other cultures, which is important. And being religious, I'm religious, you learn about Islam and about the Catholics in the Philippines. So you've got to be mindful of that if you are to succeed. And that's something where people miss that opportunity. You know, you've got to understand the cultures. Yeah, and I mastered that. So that's about me, tech companies. I own a, an IT company. I own a construction company, which we're doing very well at the moment because of what's happening out there. So we bring finance in. And right now we're financing projects that have sort of gone bunk. So we've caught that wave. And also a decentralized system from America. We're putting that in a number of countries right now. So decentralization is another sort of a change. So you've got to catch that wave and you've got to understand the opportunity. And sales taught me that. So that's about me. Awesome. I'm open, friendly, you know. Yeah. Don't smoke. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, tell me, when you said decentralization, uh, it's, a, it's a thing at the moment. What, what, what do you mean by that? Decentralization is protecting your own privacy and it's protecting your own assets. A centralized system is where everything is open. And so anyone can see it. A decentralized is mainly come the lines of blockchain. 
blockchain technology. So, for example, in America, there's, well, I heard there was nine and a half million people that couldn't get married last year because of COVID. So they come up with a decentralized system. <laughs> so it can be done, you know, and it can be verified and you own it. And cryptocurrency is sort of based on that. A number of cryptocurrencies are based on a decentralized system. Yeah. Yeah. The attraction to that is um, it gets rid of a lot of jobs, mm-hmm. accountants, lawyers, you know, you actually don't need them. Right, right. And, yeah, that's their nemesis, this decentralized system. Wow. Yeah. Wow, so it's wow. kind of exciting, yeah. Yeah. And hey, whereabouts did you grow up in New Zealand? Oh, sorry. I grew up in Porirua, Wellington. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Porirua. Yeah. I lived in Christchurch for 13 years. Hamilton for a number of years, Auckland. Went back to Porirua. My mother still lives down there. I go down and see her. I mean, I like Auckland. I mean, I actually love Auckland. I grew to love it. Christchurch, I love. South Island, loved it. And where I grew up has an impact on your character when you're brought up with, because Porirua was we were a close-knit bunch and great place to be brought up. Did mm. the outdoors thing. Well, they didn't have internet then, you know, so you go and play outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got, got oh, creative. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So listeners, you're listening to two Wellingtonians here. We both were born in Wellington and, and so... Riches in Potorua and I was in Mirama and the East of oh, yeah. And so that's where I grew up as well. And but we're both now living in Auckland and both loving the city, so which is really cool. So Richard, thanks for sharing the background. That's awesome to hear. Hey, a little bit about how did you get into leadership? So you shared a little bit about the sales side of things and yep. getting involved and living in different countries, but how did you get into leadership? Leadership, but how I got into this actually when you start owning your own companies. When I was going through the sales field, you know, you got management, you got leadership. Leadership was more about relationship building and they could see your leadership in terms of you representing your company, the products or services you got on offer. And it's about the techniques and styles on how you use to, I guess, make a sale. So I started to use that. And then when we went into business, you know, we grew a company up to about 500 staff. And that was big. So leadership then got more important. So how do you motivate? How do you be in tune with your staff when there's so many? You know, so mainly you got to rely. You can't be everywhere once. So you got to have managers that manage people. And then the managers have got to be trained. And you got to get the reports. And you got to make sure are the reports accurate? Are they viable? Do they make sense? Can you make sense out of all this data? So leadership is about, to me, well, what brought me into it is actually be more effective more efficient in your deliveries of what you got to do. Measuring your outcomes was important, but also um, in business, obviously, money is, is everything and also creating that cash flow. So leadership is about making people account. If you pay the manager, you know, a good salary, then obviously their responsibilities are important to you because you want accurate information or you want to see the proof that the work has been done. And the result is, is that your customers are happy, their staff is happy, which are your staff, and you're making money. And any problems that arise, because nothing goes according to plan, that the leadership style that you've incorporated allows that to actually solve those issues or problems that come around. Yeah, it's interesting how a lot of things in life, people, even watching it, watching people do projects and things like that, and they think there's a budget, but it's never going to be the right budget because it never works out mm. to be that way. And it's quite interesting how you, you know, you've got to be able to adjust and adapt with that. Mm. And yeah, it's really, really, really interesting to see. And so 500 staff, that's awesome. And to see and then having that right leadership team around you, which would have been important and making sure people are there to account. Now, when we say account, we don't mean counting numbers only team. Mm. We're talking about being accountable, right? And that's that's probably a big thing we, we're needing to see. Do you think we see enough leaders today being accountable and taking ownership, Richard? 
Uh, that's a good one. I've been in a, like, I do a lot of contract work, mainly in economic development, business development. And what I see is boards of these organizations, they hire the wrong person mm. for the job. And straight away, you're off to a bad start. And I don't know what's gone wrong, the processing or whatever. Excuse me, I always put it down to they really don't know the type of person they want to lead this organization. Right. Or, or it's not clear what the objectives that they want to achieve. And so if you've got the wrong leader in there, and you know, it could be a narcissist, it could be someone that has its own agenda, there's major problems. And it's like a project manager. If you start it wrong, it's going to start going wrong all the way through, and it's just going to get worse. So that's what I've seen. And I think leaders, the leader quality is, to me, is people, people, a people's person. You know, they understand it. They get it. They can see through crap. <laughs> they, can, they can smell it, you know, and they can see it, but they also have solutions to that, you know. A leader, in my ways, is someone that is not afraid to get their hands dirty. He speaks from experience. He or she speaks from experience. They know the real deal, and they can actually motivate people to actually make them feel highly motivated and to get their job done. It's not about belittling them or blaming them or anything like that, because that just creates confusion too. So someone that's not a very, very good leader, and it shows where you get quality staff go, innovation and all that stuff is sort of suppressed. And then you, all you've got is just a soup of mess. Mm. Leader's quality is, is a people person or people people? People people. Someone that, that's a people's person, you know, that can understand people, that's interactive, is approachable, you know? but also is very clear yep. on what needs to be done. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 